0: And welcome to another episode of The Danimal's Cage. I'm your host, as always, the mighty Danimal, Dan Martins. On today's show, it is my pleasure to welcome in Scott and Jay from Mucho Disaster. I hope I got that right. Yeah, you got it. Awesome. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for coming to hang out. I know we were supposed to do this back in April at the campus in Oshawa, but of course this coronavirus situation has now kind of prompted us to do it this way better life but never right that's right awesome so we'll just we'll just jump right in here and you guys can just talk a little bit about how you guys started out how did the band kind of have its beginnings and how did you get to where you are right now okay well
1: jay and i obviously we're brothers so we've kind of been working on this stuff for like 15 years and uh yeah i always joke
2: uh scott taught me to play guitar just so that we could start this band
0: oh that's awesome now jay what do you do
2: uh what do i do i i play the rhythm i sing a lot of the backups so okay. just like
1: uh i mean the other yeah. it's the other half we write we write all the songs together yeah we we run everything by each other we run a, we do all rewrites together and we we make sure that every it's uh, kind of like Two heads are better than one. So if we both agree on something, or if there's one part that bugs either one of us, then we know that we need to get rid of that. So it's kind of nice to have uh, someone that you can work with like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay, and it's it's not like Liam and Noel, is it? We got we've F- heard those people jokes. like
2: to make that joke. Yeah, yeah we've heard that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, because you guys are brothers, I wa- I did want to make that joke. Like I had it kind of in my back pocket because I know oh, it's a band sure. of brothers here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Awesome. Now, how did you guys? like because you guys said your brothers you said to tell him, you told him to pretty much learn guitar and then the band started there's there's more than just the two of you guys in the band right
2: <laughs> yeah for sure yeah right now it's us uh
1: shane mahoney plays bass and uh Dylan is our is our drummer. drummer that's our our current act and uh, this is, that's the band right now that's when things have really started to take off when the four of us got together but i just want to acknowledge also our buddy al who uh we wrote the whole first album with him and pieced that together with him and he it's the three of us playing on all the tracks sure. so um so the yeah the, like i said the we started writing the music a long time ago it's the two of us at the core it's kind of been our project and uh we've kind of worked with different people and i've ventured off into different bands and we've got this back together and stuff and now we basically just uh have a couple of really solid dudes and we've been playing some fun shows so it's been good
0: that's awesome. Now, with this new single that you guys put out, what was the writing process and I guess the overall just process of how the song kind of came together?
1: Uh, evolution, that's a that's a weird one. Yeah, uh, I, was like, I could I could say a number of things about that one. It, it was a it was a
2: very organic song that came up through a night of songwriting and rock and roll.
1: Yeah, that's and, awesome. And, and, it evolved into that. And I, yeah, I and guess it guess it's kind of tied in with the title. It's not really necessarily why, but yeah,
0: that's cool. And yeah. of course, Scott and I have had all these conversations about like Queens of the stone age, Nirvana. He, he, you guys and myself are pretty much kind of cut from the same cloth musically, which I think is really cool. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're always posting really good tunes on your, on your page. So
0: well, I appreciate that. Now, of course, we talk about Queens of the Stone Age and Eagles of Death Metal and Nirvana and Them Crooked Vultures. So I'm just gonna kind of go out on a little bit of a limb here and say those are some bands that inspire you guys.
2: Yeah, oh yeah, for sure, yeah, yes. yeah. I mean, um, but among like, I would say the Rolling Stones would probably be our greatest inspiration. Yeah, the Stones I'll, in a big way say, too.
1: Yeah. Um, but Beatles, Stones, yeah, we love so Josh. I don't know. I find like yeah. everyone, every band that we've run into in the last few years and everyone that I've talked to and people just playing music in Toronto, there seems to be a really heavy influence from Josh um, kind of across the board. So he's definitely, um, yeah, we're, we're part of the Queens call for sure.
0: That's fantastic. Have you guys, now I'll take it you guys have seen Queens of a stone age in concert before. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. That's oh cool. yeah.
0: Um, what, one of the best concerts I've ever been to was Queens of a stone age with Royal Blood at, the amphitheater in 2017
2: yeah for sure we were there yeah we really sure. really tremendous show
0: oh yeah my buddy and i were there too it was it was a great time now yeah. oh, sorry. all right okay well of course this whole pandemic has now it's impacted a lot of musicians in a lot of different ways in all the bands that i've interviewed up to this point but now i gotta know like how has it affected you guys like i guess just on a personal level and also because i'm sure you guys had a lot of shows to kind of promote this new single lined up as well
1: yeah that was the main thing it's just like canceling the shows is what sucked the most i think okay
0: personally.
1: yeah that was that was very unfortunate yeah, yeah. and just uh, i guess the discussion now will kind of like how long until things kind of get back on track because you know we're eager to play like you know just like yeah. everyone else out there you know we we want to know we we had a tour to ottawa and montreal booked which yeah, is coming, gonna, oh wow that's over. So we're gonna do a couple of we're shows gonna, like, and, try and get out there. Yeah, some stuff in the summer and just a whole bunch of different stuff canceled. Yeah. So, but you know, like you make a positive out of it. So, like that's like kind of it's too bad that, that happened, but now you can always focus more on like songwriting and go back and look at some of the songs you've done and try different true, stuff. True. I was gonna say we're doing a lot of editing now in the yeah right. Like we're getting so, a lot more editing we would get done if we were doing shows. Yeah, out of necessity, sometimes you can turn into a positive, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's true. Have you guys done a lot of a lot more writing through all of this?
1: I've done a little
2: writing. Yeah, I've done a little writing. I mean, for sure. More rewrites. Yeah, more rewrites. Right now, we're trying to really get the new album we're trying to put together. We're trying to get it kind of ready to go. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of in the final stage of something like that. So, yeah.
0: That's awesome. Now, do you guys have any favorite activities that you guys do? Like, do you guys read, watch TV, play any video games? Anything, anything cool that you guys have kind of? got?
2: Yeah, play some nice. hockey. I mean, uh, I love to read, so yeah, I'll get what some you, reading. But uh, what are you reading? Nineteen eighty four, actually. Again, oh, but uh, oh, very nice. Just felt felt topical.
0: It kind of, it feels that way, especially with the whole right. like state, the whole state of affairs, and. Yeah. In the world nowadays, yeah, it's like it is disappointing with what's going on in the world. And at the time of this interview, it's it feels well. It's interesting too because in the news we're seeing a lot of like the cases, the number of like I guess overall cases of COVID nineteen are kind of just like fluctuating a little bit. So like sometimes it'll go up, sometimes it'll go down. But I feel like overall there's there's a little bit of hope. Wouldn't you guys agree with that?
2: Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll be past it soon enough.
0: Awesome. Now, this is kind of a big question. And normally I save this for the end, but I think we'll just kind of talk about it now because it's a really kind of like pressing question. And then we'll just kind of save some fun questions that I had in my back pocket for you guys when you were supposed to be on the show a while back. But what do you guys think the live music sector is going to look like when all of this is over?
1: Yeah, I don't know. You've seen a couple of great venues have shut down, right? Like uh, the Hideout, they closed down for good, which is really unfortunate. We were going to be playing in the bout. There's 100 Toronto bands in there, and in the middle of the tournament, uh they had to shut the whole thing down and now we find out that the venues never gonna reopen they've been around for 30 years and whatever so it's really unfortunate and, uh there's another one uh yeah. this is this ain't yeah, Hollywood and Hamilton. Hamilton yeah yeah great venue
0: yeah that was a huge one i I really had no idea they were struggling like financially but then I see on on social media that they're, they're closing and I'm like oh man I man, know, I know another big one that really hurt me personally was the fox up in barry
1: oh yeah i heard about that i heard about about that that. yeah that's too bad i'm
0: i'm I'm really close with uh with uh, people who own own the fox and it, it it was heartbreaking to no, brutal yes yeah, um
1: what i do think maybe if uh, if i'm trying to look at on an optimistic kind of point of view is yeah i do think that things are maybe skewing away from people going out to like live things like that but i feel like it's going to be not the end of uh, an era and it's not going to die i think it's going to be more cyclical i think it will come back around there's going to be uh some kind of renaissance where people want to go back out again and they they yearn to and they want to go see live shows and stuff like that so i think uh you know, it is what it is. And if you love it, I think it's going to be the passion of people like yourself and, and us and just people who love music and love going to concerts that are going to keep that kind of uh, fire alive and it'll it'll pick up again.
0: That's awesome. And another thing that I've been reading a lot of articles about is the possibility of doing like drive-in concerts. Have you guys read anything about that? And if so, what, what would you guys? I
1: haven't, I, haven't heard,
2: I haven't heard about that. It's like a drive-in <laughs> movie, but concert
1: yeah I don't like it that yeah, sounds, it sounds stupid sounds
2: very silly so would <laughs> they honk their horns as
0: applause I, I honestly I couldn't say for sure or do you I honk mean, if it's bad
2: you honk if it's bad if or it's good bad, is what I want to know
0: okay <laughs> what, what, okay what I was thinking was honk once for it's good honk, <laughs> for good. honk, <laughs> honk for twice for, for it's bad honk uh, three yeah. times for get the hell off the stage <laughs> yeah okay, or okay Get off the screen <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't see how that could work, but yeah. you know what? I have to admire the creativity of the just the creative industry right. during this this tough time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure yeah. It's, I guess it's better than nothing. You know,
2: right? It's a noble cause to search for a way to get live music. yeah, you know they're doing what they can.
0: now, and that's I guess kind of a good segue because what what have you guys been, if you guys want your live music fixed? What have you guys been like watching? Do you guys go back and watch like YouTube? You guys watch like YouTube videos or yeah, go, like live? Streams? I just
2: watched uh, like that little old band from Texas last night. Yeah, ZZ Top documentary. It's awesome. It's amazing. So good. Yeah, very underrated band. As beloved as they are, I feel like
1: they're not beloved enough. I've watched a lot of bios. I've watched uh, a Bowie and Elvis. I watched that same ZZ Top one. Yeah. Just uh, get my music fixed any way I can.
0: Awesome. I actually went back and watched, because um, Nir- I have a DVD copy of Nirvana Live at Reading in 1992, and that's hands down my favorite concert film of all time. Because Nirvana's influence on me, and well, Nirvana and the Foo Fighters, and well, Dave Grohl in general, has been a huge thing for me. Would you guys say the same thing about Josh and Queens of a Age or...? I think
1: that's probably fair. Yeah, for, definitely, definitely yeah, for yeah. Josh. Awesome. Um, and I, and we love you know we love everyone you're talking about too. Yeah, that's
0: great. That's great. All right, I'm gonna put you guys on the spot here for a quick little lightning round of questions. One out, al- one album that you guys absolutely cannot live without.
2: Okay, do one each, or you want us to pick one? Do we have to one, buzz in?
0: One each. <laughs> No, no, no! Buzzing in. Just if you guys have one, just go for it.
2: <laughs> okay. Uh, All yeah, I'm gonna go. Sticky Fingers.
0: Rolling Stones. Well, I would it's go. Fun. I'll challenge that and say Exile on Main Street, but that's just me. <laughs>
2: you, you know what? Exile is a is a fantastic album. It's uh my feeling with Sticky Fingers. I like its listenability. It hits you hard. It comes in. It's not. It's not too long as well, so you can like put it on any time and just. You get a lot of different sounds. Over you get a real Rolling Stones thing. All right,
1: I see what we're doing. We're going. We're going Stones. What Stones? Going I'm, stones. Gonna, going I'm stones. gonna go with Some Girls.
0: Some Girls. Okay. okay. Some girls. Easy
1: pick. Stones. Easy pick.
0: There's. See, it's funny because not a lot of not a lot of people I know would pick bad album, but I know a lot of people who would pick like Sticky Fingers or yeah. Exile
1: or even Beggars Banquet, probably or Let It Bleed, maybe.
0: I. I also would have gone with, uh, and this is a bit of an interesting one. And every conversation I have with my friends about this, I would have gone with tattoo you. Oh, oh we were talking amazing. about tattoo you. you.
2: Talked about that today, actually. Love tattoo not, you. Not even joking. Like an
1: hour ago, we were talking
2: about yeah. tattoo you
1: and, and how it's underrated. And just how and you a- prefixed your answer, you you were like, "Well, before I say this, I have to say this." That's how people always kind of feel about tattoo you. It's underrated. It
2: yeah. is. We grouped in black and blue with that as well. Yeah. That's another one that kind of gets that treatment.
0: That's, yeah, that's another great one. But see, the Rolling Stones, and especially with this whole pandemic, like I've gone back and started, like, really appreciating the Rolling Stones a lot more because I feel like, because they were always, in a way, second to the Beatles. Like, John, like Lennon and McCartney was always, like, superior to Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. But, yeah. Both. they were
1: bigger first and it was always that comparison and that, i think the beatles were just a little bit more popular right
0: yeah but the rolling stones were they were a lot grittier they were a lot rockier like they they brought it every single show yeah,
1: absolutely i always say that the uh the beatles were perfect and they did everything that all their vocal harmonies and everything was so studio mastered like panning across to a t it was like this brilliant work of art that just everything was so perfect. And the Stones were, like, everything that isn't perfect. They colored outside the lines, and they kicked dirt all over it. And they just made it this gritty, grindy rock and roll thing. And you kind of need both sides. And you have the Stones and the Beatles, and the two of them are both necessary to kind of help evolve music in the way that it's gone. Yeah,
0: And you talk about, like, like panning left to right, too. you Because this stuff was done in, like, the 60s when like audio audio equipment was still kind of just like beginning but they didn't even have like pro tools or logic or anything like that back in the day you'd have to do it through like analog i can only imagine what it would sound like if exile on main street or sticky fingers was made completely in pro tools in 2020
1: be a whole different Mm, thing right yeah that is interesting to think about yeah there's something to be said about music that was recorded in the 60s and 70s that has this raw authentic kind of feel because of the equipment it was recorded with that you almost have to put like a filter on to try to recapture today and and just to get like an artificial sense of that kind of uh ambience
0: i can absolutely agree with that all right what is one movie you can't live without Mm. it can be any movie of any genre (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay i'm gonna go with the shining
0: okay very Ooh,
1: nice epic pick yeah there's so much going yeah, on the shining with levels the, and layers yeah there's so much stuff happening in it that i i like that one i think you can dive into that one a couple of times and do reinterpretations and stuff it's fun
2: damn i was going the
1: complete opposite way with it i was
2: thinking like dumb and dumber or something <laughs> that's <laughs> right like right. <right>. complete other <laughs> side
0: I will. I will commend both of you on some amazing selections. I would go with Pulp Fiction myself.
2: Nice, oh, so very nice. Sure, you know, Pulp
0: Fiction, great movie.
2: You know what's that, funny? Uh, I just want to throw this out here. You won't be able to see it really, but we were talking Quentin Tarantino today. We made a oh, list. There's a list of his movies ranked by me.
0: Yeah. What did you? Okay, Jay. What did you put as number one, man? Pulp Fiction. It, it is the best. And what? What did you put as, as second?
2: Kill Bill. I count them as one movie.
0: Really? Yeah. I, I don't count them as one movie. Like, I love I love volume one, but I hated volume two.
2: I feel you need both. You get all the action in one. You it's, get all the story in two. It's one complete story, which is why I also count and as one. he of. calls it volumes one and two, so I – it's part of one. I like to room. sandwich them. Either way, if you want, this is purposes, no, no. Can... This is a hard rule.
1: Unfortunately, <laughs> is that
0: we have to fight you on this one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one movie. Well, I'll put it this: <laughs> in case you guys couldn't tell, like I'm not just a musician. And I'm not just like a music nerd. I'm like I'm like a movie buff as well. Yes, and sir. I I credit a lot of my my good friends that I've I've met through my life, just kind of talking about like all of those. Like, a lot of great movies and all all that. All right, back to the whole music thing. What is the funniest thing that has happened to either of you or just any of your bandmates or just anybody you've played with at a show? What is the funniest moment that you guys can think of?
1: It's a story we can yeah. tell... If there's I'm, any stories I about Al, for some
2: yeah. reason. <laughs> if, if well, I have one th- in
1: mind. I have one in mind, but I don't go, know. If it's... Go for it. For one note? Yeah, I was thinking one note. He got in his head one time. Okay, so we're about, about to play... That's actually, <laughs> actually, this is great. This is the first time that we ever played as Mucho Disaster. And we played Lazy Flamingo and Hamilton. Ooh. And before we got on stage, Al had been... Um, it was me, Jay, and Al, the guy we wrote the first album with, our, our good friend. And he got in his head this idea that we'll just play one note for a really long time and he'll do like blues soloing over and I'll just play one note. And uh, yeah, it didn't. We it didn't
2: dawn on us that Scott's not a bass player and they only had one guitar. So Scott had to do it on bass. But he tended on trying to play the song as was written. And then I'm back on oh. the drums trying
1: to drum to Al doing a one note anyway, thing. Anyway, it, it was a mess. It was, and then somebody called out from yeah. the crowd, amateur hour yeah it was, and uh <laughs> we basically had to kind of wrap it up <laughs> after a, one they more didn't song. give us another one um so that <laughs> was like the worst uh yeah so that was a uh, that the joke was on all of us yeah. um and uh yeah so that sounds like kind of like the worst first show ever but it really suits our band name mucho disaster so, so we said you know you get
2: what you expect <laughs> um
1: but we went back we played there um in December, like this past december with uh, our current lineup and uh it went over really yeah late. we rocked it, it was yeah. fun that's awesome! I, now, I think someone actually called out professional hour. They did, yeah. <laughs> Many people were constantly saying.
0: <laughs> so, so it goes from amateur hour to professional hour <laughs> in a matter so in seems. a matter of a couple of months. That's it. Yeah. That, that's incredible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right.
0: So, of now, I'm gonna give a quick shout out to Sex Cauldron and Killer Virgins. How did you guys meet both of those bands? I guess more so. I guess we'll start with Sex Cauldron. When did you guys play with them, and what were your thoughts on them?
1: Okay, we play. I, I played with Sex Cauldron a few times because I played with my old band. Uh, we used to play with Sex Cauldron a couple of shows, so I knew them from way back then. And then we got this lineup together, and we needed someone to jump on a show with us, so they were like the first people that I contacted, because I know what a great show they yeah, put exactly. on. We ended up playing this show at less than level in Oakville. And Sex Cauldron absolutely oh. put on a clinic. They, they had the entire place. There was packed. Pack. Yeah. 200 people. And they the whole place was just bumping. And we got to go on right after them and just kind of keep keep things moving. It was awesome. They, they really great, rock.
0: Great night. Now, I'm not sure if you watched my interview with Sex Cauldron that I did back in November. If not, I will... I'll repost the link and I'll also send it to you guys directly. But there was, it was Mike and Tom, just the two of them that I was interviewing and they, they ran a little bit late. So we kind of had to condense everything into, because they ran like, I think 15 to 20 minutes late. My usual time slots, like 50 to 55 minutes. But while I'm interviewing them, this random girls just like tapping on the glass in the studio and I'm still going. And, this girl's holding up a little sign that says can i get your number and then the station manager lets her in to the studio and then she just walks into the room while we're live and this girl gets like mike gives her an autograph live to air it was the best thing ever
1: that is awesome that that is mike is a magic man he's got that he's got that aura about him
0: and, and he's not just in Sex Cauldron. He's in Band Against Humanity and I think one or two other other acts. But Bat Dude's like an everyman. Like, I love Bat Dude so much.
2: Yeah, Mike's the man for yeah, sure. Yeah, everybody likes him. Everyone, everyone likes Mike. He's a big, great, big party animal. The guy's rocks. But he's a sweet, dude. Yeah, he's awesome.
0: He's an awesome guy. Now, Killer Virgins. How did you meet Bam? so i was with my friend garrett and we were
1: had we were about to play a show at the bovine and with uh, my old band Della rose and she we ran into her and we started talking to her and she, we mentioned we were going because we had our instruments on us so she asked about it and uh yeah we just started talking to her and she mentioned she was in this band killer virgins and we you know exchanged social medias and stuff and then we've kind of just uh kept tabs on each other ever since kind of thing. So we're not super tight with them or anything, but uh, but definitely she had a really chill, cool vibe. And um, I really like their music as well. That song Karate Girl was, uh, that one popped. It was good, but they have a lot of really good stuff.
0: They do. Karate Girl's the one that I always go back to, and I absolutely love that one. And lastly, what do you guys want your legacy to be as musicians? When the time comes where you guys retire and just decide to hang it up what do you guys want to be remembered for as you look back on a a long hopefully very long career Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, i want to remember it as a great performer like people always go oh he put on a great show
1: that would be the the thing
0: that's awesome Um, what about you scott
1: i think i i want to be also remembered as a <laughs> performer i
2: think it's honestly i think it's the
1: best one like was yeah, it,
2: like truly spectacular i wouldn't ato- i can't
1: top that, that i think uh the live performance is the thing that draws me most to music yeah. and just uh i it's just the pinnacle of music there's that energy that can't be recreated from anything except the live interaction uh, and the like crowd it's, it's the and crowd the acting with each other yeah, it's everyone it's, you're all mixing your energy together and creating kind of a spell and that's music and bringing that's what it's about. life to life you know what i mean
0: that's awesome well gentlemen thank you so much for taking time to come chat with me like i said i know we were supposed to do this a while ago but like i say again better late than never
1: awesome absolutely. thanks dan thank
0: you so much for having us any any time guys check these guys out mucho disaster on spotify check out the song evolution it absolutely rips This has been the Danimals Cage. I've been Dan Martins. This has been Scott and Jay. And we will see you guys another time. All the best.